Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. My name is Josh Barnett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Y'all turn to Psalms 133, and we're going to talk about this tonight. We're going to unpack. As I, as I couldn't get past the word unity, I, I was figuring out what does that really mean? What does being unified really mean? And the actual definition of to be united is to be joined together for a common purpose, which is the church, right? It's, that is the church. That is what we do. We are joined together for the common purpose of the gospel of Jesus, right? Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So it's, that's the whole chapter. It's a short chapter. But y'all, that is powerful. And before we really unpack that, it's important that we have some context of what this is talking about. Aaron, just for a refresher, Aaron in the Old Testament is Moses' brother. And Aaron becomes the first high priest of the, for the nation of Israel, the very first one. And it's a really big job. He, the job of the high priest is to go into the tabernacle, make sacrifices on behalf of him and the entire nation, that they may be forgiven and spared the judgment of God. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> so before they could start the job of being a high priest, they had to know what they're doing. They had to be equipped for it. And more importantly, they had to be anointed for it. And the way they anointed people is they would pour oil on them. And that signified the anointing of God on their life. In Leviticus 8, 10 through 12, I'm not going to read that whole uh, 10 through 12, that passage. But in verse 12, it does say, Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. This is everything. Being anointed set you apart for the task that God had placed on your life. It supernaturally enabled you to do what you were anointed for. And if uh, we look back, um, King, uh, King David was someone who was anointed but he was anointed before he was even king by the prophet Samuel. He came and anointed him with oil in order that he could perform the kingly duties when it came time for him to step in that role. But he first, before he even learned how to be king, had to be anointed for it, right? If we go back to Psalms 133, it says, unity among our brothers and sisters in Christ is like the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron. And this is really important that we understand this, that there will not be unity in our relationships until we see 
that it is not by our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to live in unity. That is the only way. They were anointed with oil because they did not yet have the Holy Spirit living inside of them, but we do. We are anointed by the Holy Spirit to do hard things. You know, living in unity is hard, but you're anointed for it. Unity is not really my thing, but you're anointed for it. It's not my fault I can't live in unity with these people. They're really hard to, to live with, They're to be around, to talk to. These people are the worst, but you're anointed for it. You are. Uh, in John 17, verse 11, Jesus is praying to the Father right before he's crucified. And I wanna read this real quick. It says, now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are, meaning him and the Father. It says, protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united. It is not by our own power that we live in unity because we in and of ourselves are a little bit incapable. We have to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do it. We have to. There is an anointing of unity that as followers of Jesus we have access to but if we try to work in our own strength, we won't be able to, we're a little too weak for it because our sinful nature loves strife, loves dissension, loves anger, loves jealousy, loves bitterness, loves unforgiveness. Our sinful nature thrives off of that, feeds off of it. But even more importantly, those things actually grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not optional for us. Those things, it's not just like, I wish you would live in unity. I wish you would love each other. That would be super cool if you got along. It grieves the Holy Spirit. That's huge. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, 30 through 32 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. It grieves the Holy Spirit when we live ununified. With the, with the body of Christ, with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. I, uh, I, just, I just turned 30 this month, which either makes me really old or really young. Is, I, it is, I can't help it, it's my age, okay. Um, I, and I don't, really, I don't know what it is about turning 30. I, I don't know, my mindset's changed. Something about me, I... I love you, I just don't really care what you think about me. You know what I mean? I don't know, it's like, do you, I don't know if anybody can relate with that. I just, I love you, I just like, but I, I'm gonna be me, I'm gonna let you be you. 
You know what I mean? And God's made me a certain way. And if you don't, that's totally fine if you don't like that. You know what I mean? You don't have to. I've got leaders, I've got mentors, I've got really good friends who are in my life who have permission to call me out, to tell me hard truths when they see any red flags in my life or me living in a way that is contrary to what they know I believe. So that I have people in my life who, you know, it's important that they know who I am. I care about what they think. But you know, I just like, not everybody, like I really love you, but like, you can just let me be me. I'm gonna let you be you and we'll be totally fine. Just because it doesn't matter to me if people agree or disagree with what I'm doing or who I am, doesn't really give me a license to say whatever I want. I don't have that permission as a follower of Jesus. I don't have that permission. I'm responsible for the unity that is or isn't in my life based on how I partner with the Holy Spirit and operate in His anointing. It's not by my own power, but it is my decision to operate in the anointing that the Holy Spirit freely gives me because he lives on the inside of me. And I know y'all that's really simple, but in this day and age, this is everything, right? When the body of Christ has lots of different opinions and interpretations and ways of doing things and ways of thinking. There is one truth, there is one word of God, but we are called to live in unity regardless. Now, I think it's, uh, it's important that we that we talk about what unity is and what unity isn't, right? Because we're talking about unity. What does that mean? What does that look like? Unity. Here's what unity doesn't mean, all right? Unity doesn't mean that we're best friends with everybody, okay? We don't have to be besties with all the people. We, that's not it, okay? We've got people who we get along with, who we click with, and that's God-given. You know what I'm saying? We're not, we don't have to all be best friends. That's not it. Unity does not mean compromising in your convictions or in truth. Unity does not, is not always agreeing with everybody's opinions or decisions. That's not what that means. Unity is not encouraging someone to live in an unholy or unbiblical lifestyle. That's not unity either. I think it's easy, it's easy to think that if I live in unity with this person, then they're gonna think that I agree with their decisions, with their point of view. But that's not what the Bible says. Jesus prayed that we would be unified with each other. But what that is, that mindset, that is fear. Fear of losing control of someone that we care about. Fear of them thinking that we may agree with them when we don't. Fear of our image possibly being ruined or us being gossiped about, fear of what me, people might think or say if we make the decision to live in unity. 
But we're not even talking about lost people here, y'all. We're talking about church folk. We're talking about our brothers and sisters who are grafted into our family because of the blood of Jesus, because we've all accepted him as savior. We love him. These are our brothers and sisters. These are not some lost people. You know what I'm saying? Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're talking, our theme this year is the kingdom of God. This is very clear, y'all. They've gone and roped in hostility, quarreling, jealousy, anger, dissension, which dissension just means a disagreement that caused a fight. Division, they've roped all that in the same category as sexual immorality, as lustful pleasures, as sorcery, drunkenness, and wild parties. Just in the same category. You know, being addicted to pornography, yeah, that's bad. You know what I'm saying? That, that is bad. Sorcery, very bad. Lustful pleasures, that's not great. You know, you know? But according to Galatians 5, they are in the same category as everything that causes disunity in our life. They all may have different consequences, but they are all the desires of our sinful nature. And it's clear that we will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's evil, it's unholy, therefore we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be able to operate in it. That's the truth. You know, there's nothing that, um, that teaches you more about unity than becoming one flesh with somebody. There's just, it's, it's a really good crash course. Um, <laughs> marriage, even like if you live with roommates, you know, just like learning to live with somebody just teaches you a lot about unity. Uh, whenever Jason and I first got married, you know, you discover quirks about yourself you didn't know. Um, this is not that big of a deal, just so you know, okay? It's just really not. But whenever we would first get married, I'd be, you know, cooking something or putting dishes up from the dishwasher and I'm, you know, opening cabinets and grabbing stuff out. Well, I, I don't know, I didn't know I did this, but apparently I just, I used to, well, I still kind of do, leave, don't nod your head at me. Um, cabinets, I would just leave cabinets open and drawers open, like there's everything stocked and I just, wouldn't close it back. Never knew that. So Jason tells me this story later. He walks into our house when we first got, you know, first married. He walks into the house and he tells me this after, but he's like, I think we've been robbed. I actually think he was concerned in our little single wide trailer. Someone really came and robbed us. Nope. 
They didn't. It was just me. And you know, I still kind of, I've gotten better, but I, I still kind of do that. I just don't realize, I have no, I don't know that I do that. It's just in, my, in the zone. You know, also, just that was about me. I don't know if this, I don't know if you can relate with this, but um, we got company coming over. We got, you know, we're cleaning. We got three small kids. So they're, you know, they're messy. Five minutes after they wake up, the house is just, it's destroyed. So um, we're cleaning, you know, we clean the house. People come over. I got a list. We got bathrooms. We got living room. We got, we're getting all the stuff. We got baseboards. We're, we're vacuuming. We're doing all the things. Jason, without, I don't know, without fail, pretty much. I look outside and he's like pulling weeds. And I'm like, that's cool bathroom. Like, and I'm like, I got a list. We live and we die by the list. Don't deviate from the list. Like the bathroom needs done. Not the, like the weeds, we can do that later. But y'all, he finds some sort of project. I'm like, we could have done this like a month ago. You're deciding today that that's a good time to start. Um, and you know, there's all these quirks and you learn to live in unity with people. And we've got, this is, you know, I know everybody knows this. So just a reminder, you know, we've got preference issues. We've got moral issues. We've got preference, we've got principle. When you act, interact with people, especially in the body of Christ, often, you know, we're all different. God created us all different. And that's what makes the church beautiful. Just, that is what makes the church beautiful. We're all different. But instead of preferences just being a sign of our differences, which is what makes it beautiful, the line between preference and moral can get blurred very easily. And the way that it gets blurred is when we have a seed of offense, of strife, of jealousy, of, of hostility, and it continues to grow because we're not taking our thoughts captive. And the word is very clear about that. And the differences between you and me, which at one time were beautiful because God created us that way, are now presented to us in our minds as a moral issue because that evil seed has been planted and has grown. Envy doesn't just happen, we allow it to happen. Dissension just doesn't just happen, we allow dissension to happen. We have to take every thought captive so we don't allow the evil seeds to grow. What is unity? What does that mean? Colossians 3, 14. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So what is love? Have you read 1 Corinthians 13? It's everywhere. It's on everyone's wall. It's on coffee mugs. It's on your pillow at home. It's on your fridge magnet. Y'all, that 1 Corinthians 13 is everywhere. But this is one of the most powerful chapters. And I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I would but I'm not going to, and so I just wanna encourage you to do it. I am gonna pick out a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians 13, verse one, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, 
I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't have love uh, other if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Verse 13, three things will last forever, forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. We can be the most spiritual person in the room. We can prophesy, we can pray, we can speak in tongues, we can be operating in our spiritual giftings. We can have great faith and we can speak all the truth we want. But if we do not have love, it means absolutely nothing. And we are wasting our words and our time. We're creating noise in a world full of noise. Romans 13, I'm gonna speed through so I'm not gonna read that. But it, Paul talks about how love is actually what fulfills the law. You know, don't steal, don't covet, don't commit adultery. And he talks about how all of that is summed up in love your neighbor as yourself. He challenges our motivation. And we can post on social media truths if we want to. We can talk to people till we're blue in the face, but it just doesn't matter if we don't have love. If our motivation for what the decisions that we make is not out of love for people. Unity motivates us to build something under one vision. It stirs up passion, grace and mercy, excitement, hope and faith. And according to Psalms 133, the blessing of the Lord is on a unified body. And you can't love people if you hate people. It's a freebie from my husband, Jason. You can't love people if you hate people. You know, we were never created to live on an island, to isolate ourselves from the rest of the body. But we create islands for ourselves when within our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the mentality of it's my way or the highway. But it's not your way, it's God's way. And God's way is not always your way. It's just not. We need each other. We have to have each other. We weren't put on this earth to disagree, although we will, but we were put on this earth to be unified despite our disagreements. Hate is not of God, it's evil. Dissension is evil, strife is evil. And the devil will always attempt to attack our individual relationships with each other in order to keep us divided because God's blessing is on a unified body. Aaron, I wanted to do, I felt like as I was praying for this, 
that there were um, people in here who need healing in their relationships. You know, we won't see breakthrough in our relationships until we see that there is a very real enemy whose goal is to make ministry, work, money, and our own point of view be prioritized over the relationships in our life, over the people in our life who we are mandated by God to love. It's not about me and it's not about you, but it is about Jesus. And that's what we unify over. That's what we unify over. Not about our own points of view, not about our own opinions, but because it's about Jesus. That's what we unify over. So, um, haha, here we go. Uh, I felt very strongly that there were some people in here who need prayer over your relationships. And uh, I wanted to pray about three things. I wanted to pray about the spirit of strife and dissension because it's a spirit and it plagues believers. You know, when we think that we can speak truth, can say whatever we want, or that God's okay with strife, it's just, he's not. And um, I believe that the blessing of the Lord is for the entire body, and he wants us to have it, but we can't until we're unified. And I know it doesn't take just one moment to unify people. It's a daily decision. But I believe that there's some healing in this room for you and your relationships. If y'all can stand. I wanted to pray really quickly over this spirit of strife and dissension, over hostility in specific relationships. And if you feel like you have a relationship in your life that may be plagued by hostility, by strife, I wanna pray over you really quickly. Jesus, we give our relationships to you. Jesus, it's not about us, it's about you and Holy Spirit, we receive your anointing of unity. Holy Spirit, fill us that we may walk in unity even when we don't want to. That we may walk in unity even when we're angry. That we may walk in unity even when we feel jealous. That we may walk in unity. Holy Spirit, I pray healing over these relationships right now. I pray healing over relationships of mothers and daughters right now in the name of Jesus. We command the spirit of strife and dissension to leave the body of Christ. 
And we thank you, God, for your healing between fathers and sons. Jesus, may your name be glorified in our relationships with each other. Jesus, may your healing power flow through our lives. Holy Spirit fall. Holy Spirit, let your anointing 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 fall. Holy Spirit, thank you for your anointing. If there's anybody in here who feels plagued or burdened by a relationship in your life that you are wanting to receive healing in, raise your hand. Jesus. If there's someone around you with their hand raised, can you lay your hands on them? And pray over those relationships specifically. Jesus, Holy Spirit, flood these relationships that these people feel burdened about. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light and you want us to live unified. So you will help us do that. We speak healing over these relationships, over words that were said that can't be taken back, but God, you can heal it. Over things that were done that can't be taken back, but God, you can restore it. So we speak restoration over these relationships right now. We speak your healing power over these relationships right now and your anointing of unity to flow. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing of unity. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing of unity. Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're grateful for you, Jesus. Thank you for stirring up your church in unity. Thank you for stirring up your church in our love for one another, that we may be a blessed body, that we may not live in strife, that you help us check our motivations. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us for helping us to do the hard things, for helping us to live in unity with one another, for healing broken relationships, God. We're grateful for you, Holy Spirit, and your help. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.